Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Woo! Mission Church, what's going on? Pastor Chase Wiggins here again, but you can just call me Chase. Man, it is an honor to be with you guys once again this morning, bringing the Word of God to you wherever you are. And I would just want to say right off the top, before I even get going, that God loves you so much. And He loves you not because you're good, but because He's good. And that's a word for somebody. God's love for us is not connected to our work, but God's love for us is connected to the work that He's already done, the finished work on the cross, which gives us full access to Jesus. So whether you believe or you don't believe or whether you're searching out faith, I don't even know how you made your way to this feed, but I just want you to know that you don't have to believe to belong, especially here at Mission Church. We are so thankful that you would take time out of your schedule, time out of your day to be able to hear the word of God. And I got some good news. I really do. I got some good news for y'all. I know there's a lot of negativity in the news outlets and in the media, and there's a lot of voices. But what I want us to hear is the voice of God that is shouting loud to his church through his holy word. And so I'm excited to be preaching to you guys. Before I even get going, though, shout out to some of the greatest pastors that I know. That's not hype. That's not words just for the sake of words. Shout out to pastors Tyler and Rachel Johnson. I, I was dancing. I don't even know why I did that. That was a little bit awkward, but when I think of them, I feel like I just need to move. A random fact is that Pastor Tyler, if reincarnation is a thing, which it's not, we don't believe that, but if it was a thing, Pastor Tyler would be black in another life. I'm just going to say right off the top, Mission Church, he would. He has so much hood in him, even in the way that he talks. It is what it is. I absolutely love Pastors Tyler and Rachel Johnson. They are people of joy, and you guys are being led by some of the best leaders, I would say, in the United States of America. I really mean that. That's not hyperbole. That's real. They are so sensational. So make sure that you honor them, that you love them, that you treasure them, because I've been to a lot of churches, and y'all are overwhelmingly blessed. Pastor Tyler, Pastor Rachel, my wife and I adore you. We love you. And thank you once again for giving me the opportunity uh, to speak on a platform that Jesus is building and you guys are stewarding so overwhelmingly well. My heart is with you. I love you guys. And uh, Mission Church, also my heart is with you. If you don't know it, I'm the black nephew of this church. I show up when I want to. I eat all your food. You know what I mean? I, I get loud. I go into your restaurants. I make a lot of noise. And then I leave like I was never there. Then a couple months, for some reason, y'all invite me back. I don't know why you miss me. Some of you guys are like, we don't miss you. Well, I miss you, and that's why I'm here. So I'm honored once again to be bringing the word of God to y'all this morning. Uh, I wish I could see your faces, man. Preaching to a camera on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being whack, 1 being not whack, it's an 11. Preaching to a camera is so whack. But I'm so happy to be in your living rooms. And we're going to make this as authentic as we can. If y'all don't know it, I'm a holler back preacher. If something's good, say amen. If something's really good, say mm-mm-mm. If something's super good, see a drink around. You know, I see it in my mind. But we're going to enjoy the word of God together. I say it all the time. I believe church should be enjoyed and not endured. So we are going to enjoy God's word together. And today, we're going to be in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, a very famous passage of scripture. Uh, the word psalm just means song. So we're going to read a song that David wrote. It's a very famous song. Many of you probably know it if you have a church background. If you don't, that is completely okay. We are so happy that you are here. And we're going to read a few of these lyrics that David wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to it now. Uh, let me pull it up. There we go. This is David writing. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, there's more to the song, but we're just gonna focus on these bars. We're gonna focus on these lyrics. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray. And then we are going to uh, unpack this for about 25 minutes. It may go a little bit longer. Um, I tend to preach a little bit long, so I'm going to do my best to keep this as short as I possibly can for your sanity. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive in. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't even know if I've said thank you to you today, but God, thank you for who you are. And God, right now, I pray that you would anoint me, that you would consecrate me, that you would set me apart, and that you would somehow use uh, my words Uh, to reach people right where they are. But God, I pray that they don't hear me as much as they hear that still small voice on the inside of us telling us that there's hope, that there's peace, that there's joy, that there's love to be found in every season. And so God, as we go into your word, I pray that you would help me uh, articulate this well. Let it be clear, let it be concise, let it be so easy that a child could understand it, but so deep, God, that a scholarly mind would be able to understand it as well. Change us, Lord, and that can only be done by your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come, speak to your church. We're listening in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you're taking notes, I wanna speak to y'all from the topic this morning, Walk It Out. There was a song that came out in eighth grade that was called Walk It Out. Now walk it out, and I I could do the dance, but I'm sitting, and I've already danced earlier, so (laughs) Pastor Tyler and Rachel, I'm not gonna keep dancing. Anyway, I have the most beautiful wife ever, I'm probably gonna send y'all a photo of her so we could throw her in this sermon. She is so stunning. Like y'all, she's for real stunning. Like it's different. I feel like as a pastor, you have to say that your wife is good looking, but my wife is bad. Like she looks sensational, bad meaning good. My wife is beautiful. She's lovely. We pastor together and she's a far better human than I am. And I mean that. And she actually... Uh, About four years ago, she studied at Hillsong College. She did three years at Hillsong Leadership College in the down under, in the outback, in Sydney, Australia, mate. And she was studying down there. And again, my wife is so amazing. She led worship at Color Conference in front of 20,000 women. 20,000 women. Now, Bex and I made the decision to break up her second year there, okay? We we broke up. I tried to get back with her after I broke up with her. She's like, no, this is the Lord's will. She completely destroyed me. Um, And about a year later, she came back. She repented for her wrongdoing and we got back together. Now we're married. It it happened a little bit differently than that, but that's how I remember it. But her first two years while she was out there, we were dating. And the second, and each year I would go and visit her for like three or four weeks, right? So in her second year in studying there, I made the decision to, to go visit her in Australia. And, and long story short, we we're having an amazing time. We were eating food, right? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. My wife, she's feisty. I'm a brother, so I'm feisty too. Now, I don't remember why we were fighting, but something happened when we went to breakfast that morning where we started, I mean, we, we got in a fight, right? Like I said something, she said something. We were just going back and forth. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop, right? Again, we were dating, so we've gotten a lot better now. Thank you, Jesus. But we were fighting. But after breakfast, they were having morning chapel. And chapel was basically something that happened once a week for 
all of the Hillsong college students, right? And so we're fighting and we're walking up to chapel and we're going at it. She's like, baby, look, like we just need to like forgive each other. I was like, no, you need to suffer. And we were just like completely, <laughs> we were just completely arguing, right? And so what ends up happening is she's like trying to calm me down. And we're not like shouting like crazy in front of people, but we're definitely fighting. And so long story short, we get into the auditorium and we go to the very, very top of the auditorium, guys. And there's like 2,000 students and they're all happy and joyful. And they're like having a great time. And I'm just up top and I'm stone-faced, man. Becca's trying to talk to me. I'm not even looking at her. I'm at the very top just like looking out, not even caring. And all of a sudden, an African guy, a guy from Africa gets on the mic and his name was Lungs, okay? He's like, hey, how y'all doing? My name is Lungs. I was like, wow, a worship leader named Lungs. Instantly, I was interested. If your name is Lungs and you're a worship leader, you better kill it. So instantly, I lean in. I'm like, oh, man, this guy's name is Lungs. He probably has the most sensational voice ever. And out of nowhere, he just begins to sing. He's playing by himself. He just begins to sing. By his stripes, we are healed. By his death, we can live. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I'm like, and I was like, God just walked in the room. I was like, God is here. And guys, within 30 seconds of this guy singing, I looked at my girlfriend, who is now my wife, Becca, and I was like, baby, I'm so sorry. Like, I am so sorry. And it was as if as he was worshiping and as he was singing, I was being transported outside of my presence into the presence of God. And what I want us to understand about worship church is that worship is the vehicle that, transpo- that transports you from your presence into his. If you want to get into the presence of God, what you should be doing is you should be worshiping because it is very difficult to worry and worship at the same time. And there is something supernatural, men and women of God, when we step outside of our presence and we step into his and suddenly as I began to sing that song, heaven and earth collide, it was as if I didn't have time to worry about what was happening between me and my girlfriend because what mattered was the presence of the Lord. Once again, Worship is the vehicle that transitions us from our presence into the presence of God. And something that we know about David is that David was a worshiper. David was a worshiper. David was a warrior. David was a poet. David was an author. David was a king. David was so multifaceted. But in every season of David's life, something that is constant that we see is the fact that he worships God. And Psalms 23 is a platinum record, y'all. This is like shout to the Lord in the 90s. This is like oceans in the... Like, come on, man. Secular people even know oceans. Come on. You call me out upon the wall. Everybody knows oceans, y'all. This is like the oceans of the Bible. Psalms 23 is a platinum hit that David wrote. Double platinum, triple platinum. And what he did is he begins to write a song to God about God and his relationship to God. But what you will notice, very interestingly enough, is David says some very, very interesting things in this passage about God, but even more so about his relationship to God, which I think is going to be very, very key to our time today, especially in regards to walking it out, walking it out in every season, walking it out in every season. So we're going to unpack that together. His opening line is this. He simply says, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So the first thing we see in the psalm that David writes is he likens God to being a shepherd. Jesus, hundreds of years after this moment, would say, I am the good shepherd. What, what David is saying is we're all being led by something. He's saying, first of all, right off the top, though, is I'm being led by God. The Lord is my shepherd. Who's yours? I've made the decision for my own life that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, that's really cute, and I love that. But something that's interesting to me is that if David is saying that the Lord is a shepherd, then David is also saying that he is a sheep. Now, if you want to take the time to just pause and go on YouTube and type in on YouTube, sheep are dumb, you will see hundreds and hundreds of videos of sheep doing dumb things pop in your feed because we all know that sheep are some of the dumbest animals to exist. Sheep do not do very smart things. Sheep have a tendency to wander. Sheep have a tendency to leave the pack and just go do very weird things. Sheep have a tendency to eat things that they shouldn't eat. Sheep have a proclivity to do things that they shouldn't do. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, if sheep are left to fend for themselves, they don't have the ability to. And something that David is making very clear in the song that he's writing about God is like, look, Lord, I have a proclivity to wander. I have a tendency to do things I shouldn't do. I have a tendency to partake of things I shouldn't partake of. And more than anything, God, if I am left to myself to make my own decisions, it is not going to end well for me. And I relate to David with that. I think that one of the primary things that we have to understand about our faith that is very important is surrender. And what David is saying is I am fully surrendered to God. The Lord is my shepherd, which means I am a sheep. But what he says is that he has a good shepherd. He has something that is good that is leading his life because he follows that by saying, I shall not want. Another way of putting that is I lack nothing. Another way to put that is, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. God is more than enough to satisfy every desire and every need that I have. Have you ever uh, thought that something would satisfy you only to, only, only to realize that somewhere down the line that it doesn't have the ability to satisfy you, whether it's a relationship, whether it's money, whether it's um, a social status, whether it's something particular in a career, whether it's a new phone, whether it's a new object, but you get that very thing and for some reason it gets old? What I want y'all to know is that uh, there is no shepherd like my Jesus. What I want to say is that we can all be led by something or someone that will lead us improperly, but God is the perfect shepherd. And what David is saying is that with God, I have everything that I need. And I know sometimes men and women of God, especially during this weird season that our country is in, I want you to know that we aren't being led as much by the government we aren't being led as much by all these different things in our society as we are Jesus. And if we have Jesus, he is more than enough. But sometimes we need to be led into places so that we will know that he is more than enough. And David is speaking from experience at this point. He was a little bit older when he wrote this song. So David knows what it is at this point to be a king. He knows what it is to live in a palace, but he also knows what it is to hide out in caves. He knows what it is to sleep in an atmosphere that is warm, but he knows what it also is to sleep on the plains of Israel and be cold. He knows what it is to have a lot of money, but he knows what it is to be broke. He knows what it is to have the allegiance of many men, but he also knows what it is to be betrayed. But in all of those seasons, oh, I feel like preaching to y'all. In all of those seasons, David is able to say, the Lord has always been my shepherd and I shall not want. 
I lack nothing. He is always, always more than I could ever need. With Jesus, with God, I have more than enough for me. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful song that, that David is writing. And then he continues to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, this is interesting. He makes me lay down in green pastures. Interesting. God makes him lay down. Now, I want to say right off the top that if you follow Jesus long enough, he's going to make you do things that you don't want to do. Now, what I'm not saying is that God will force you because the love that is forced is not love at all. But there will be moments where God will ask you to forgive when you don't want to forgive, to give when you don't want to give, to sacrifice when you don't want to sacrifice. There will be times when the shepherd is leading you where he will ask things of you that you don't want to do. But what I love about this passage, it's so powerful, Mission Church. It's so powerful that I hit my mic on the table. It's so powerful, Mission Church. What I love about this passage is David is saying, God makes me lay down in green pastures. Green pastures represent peace. What David is saying is that there are moments where God will force me to lay down and rest. When everything within me wants to stand up, God will force me to lay down in the green pastures. Interesting. When he wants to stand up and keep moving, God will say, no, no, lay down and rest, my son. You know, the Bible says that you must become like a child in order to enter into the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but when I was little, I see this a lot with my beautiful little niece as well, is one of the worst times for any kid is bedtime. I tell you what, I'm older now, and one of the best times for any adult is bedtime. Thank you, Jesus, for sleep. But when I was a kid, we don't want to sleep. And I remember it being about 7 or 7.30 and me being 6 or 7 years old, and my parents would give me that look. And instantly tears would just begin to run down my face because I know what's coming. They're like, Chase. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> Mom and dad, no, 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 I'll do anything. Don't say it. They're like, Chase, it's time for bed. No! I just lose my mind. I start to cry. Parents, you know that time with your kids, it's time to go to bed, and they just begin to lose it. But one thing that we know about sleep is it's very important for every child. Why? Not only do they need rest, but you actually grow more in your, in your sleep than you do when you're awake. Our biological makeup, makeup proves this. You grow more in rest than you do when you're active. And I really do believe it's the same in our spiritual lives. You grow more when you're resting with God than when you're being busy for God. Ooh, that's a word for somebody. And it's not that we're called to build. It's not that we're called to live active lives. We're called to work, 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 work. Rihanna had that part right. However, the way that we work should be from a posture of rest and not a posture of busyness. And David is saying, you know what God makes me do? You know what my shepherd makes me do? He makes me lay down. He makes me lay down and remember that I am loved, I am valued. You're not working for something, but you're working from something. You're not working for love, but you're working from love. You're not working for grace, but you're working from grace. You're not working for redemption, but you're working from redemption. God will make us lay down and be reminded, hey, these pastures look real good. You got a great family. You got a beautiful home. You go to a great church. There are moments where we get so focused on the future that we forsake being content where we are. And God will be like, lay down and look around. You're blessed. I'm moving. I'm working. And David is saying, yeah, my shepherd, 
What he makes me do at times is lay down. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul and he leads me down the paths of righteousness. I know some of y'all won't like this next line, but it's true. The reason why he leads you down the paths of righteousness is for the sake of his name. God is in the business of bringing his glory into the earth for the sake of his glory coming into the earth. And David understands, yeah, I want us to get this real, real clear. You know why he does this? For his glory, for the sake of his name, so that people will be able to look at my life and know that there is something working and happening that is beyond me. It is God. But then he, he transitions. Interestingly enough, in the next verse, he he transitions. He says, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Now, uh, I don't like hiking at all, not even a little bit. I don't know why people hike for fun. A lot of people have been hiking in this season. I hike to like fish and to get the places to fish because I love fishing. But like, but if you ever hit me up like, Chase, let's go for a hike, my response will be like, why? Well, nature. I'm like, I can see nature in a lot of places. I could turn on the Discovery Channel and see nature. I'm not a hiker. That doesn't have much to do with my message. I just, we're family, Mission Church. I figured I'd just let you into my world a little bit. But anywho. But one thing I do know about studying David being a shepherd, I know we don't have a ton of shepherds in today's culture, but shepherds back then, oftentimes, they would graze on a mountain. But then to get to another mountain, they would have to go down into a valley. They'd have to go down into a valley in order to get to the next mountain or the next place of grazing. A valley is a low place. And, and in the valley... Oftentimes, that's where you would find wolves and, 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 and places where the sheep could be put into dangerous, could be put in, in danger. And David is saying that when my shepherd is leading me, there will be moments where he leads me into valleys. Not the devil, but there will be moments where my shepherd leads me into valleys. But what I want to focus on is the pace that David says he has as he's going through the valley. I promise y'all, I've read Psalms 23 so many times and this did not stand out to me until recently. David was saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David is saying, I'm walking through something that seems like it might kill me. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I feel like danger is coming after me, my response to that is, I'm going to run. But David is saying, no, my pace as I'm going through this valley is that of walking. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Christians have a proclivity to want to walk through the mountain seasons and run through the valley seasons. Sometimes we want to just do the, oh, skip to my loo. We want 
our Christianity be, Christianity be mountains and mountains. I'm going to skip this mountain and get to the next mountain. I'm going to skip that mountain and get to the next mountain. But usually between every mountain, there's a valley. And you got to go down in order to go back up. But David is saying, I'm not running through the valley. I'm walking through the valley. And the reason why the pace of myself is that of walking is because I'm not fearing any evil. Why? Because he is with me. And what I really came to tell you this morning, Mission Church, is we get ready to wrap this up, is that it is possible for you to be walking through a season that everybody else around you is running through. And I know in the midst of this pandemic that maybe you want to run, but God is not running. God is walking. And the pace of God is that of rest. The pace of God is steady. And since that is our God's pace, that should be our pace. Are we trying to rush through this season? Are we trying to just slowly and gradually enjoy the process of what we are going through? Now, now, now what I don't want to do is I don't want to speak hype to you. I'm not trying to say that, 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 that this season is great and that it's just like the mountain. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that there are things that we can learn in the valley that we can't learn on the mountain. And I want to get everything that I can out of this season. And I don't want to rush getting through it while forsaking learning the lessons that I can only learn in the valley with God. Sometimes you learn more, who, you learn, sometimes you learn more about who God is in the valley than you ever will on the mountaintop. Sometimes in the valley, that's where you learn like, oh my gosh, I really thought I was going to die. I really thought all this was going to get me. But the Lord is with me and he's comforting me and his rod and his staff are taking care of me. Y'all, it's in the valleys that we learn about the character of God far more than on the mountaintop. Look, I love blessings. I love success. I love prosperity. I love the mountaintop. But y'all, I'm telling you, the testimony that God is who he says he is is far more found in the valleys than it is the mountaintops in our faith. It's dips and divides. It's highs and it's lows. And so maybe some of you, you're like, man, I just want to get through this. I just want to get through this season in my marriage. But you'll never be in this season again. Well, I just want to get through this season with my kids. Your kids will never be this age again. Well, I just want to get to this next place in my company. You will never be in this particular space in your company ever again. I just want to get through. I just want to get through. I just want to get through. And you know what will happen is you'll get through only to realize that you didn't enjoy it. And you're always looking so far ahead while forsaking where you are. That's why the Bible says to number our days. Don't let your days number you. Number your days. And David is saying, the pace that I go through in the valley is I walk. And I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because Jesus is with me. Now, what I wish I could tell you, Mission Church, is that our economy is going to go right back to the way that it was. And I have a prophetic word. God woke me up at three this morning and told me that everything's going to be just the way that it was. I wish I could tell you that, Mission Church, but I can't because he didn't tell me that. I wish I could tell you for sure that your body will be healed from whatever disease you're going through. I wish I could tell you that. I wish I could tell you that everything's going to work out just the way that you want it to work out when you're following Jesus, that he's a genie in a bottle and you just got to kind of pray the right way and rub him the right way and he'll do exactly what you want him to do when you want him to do it. But he is the shepherd. I'm not the shepherd. I'm a sheep. 
And sheep don't lead shepherds very well. And we don't lead God very well. God leads us. And there will be moments when we're led into places that we don't understand. And and once again, I can't promise you that coming out of this pandemic that everything will return back to the way that it once was. But what I can promise you is that our shepherd will not change. That he never changes. That he will remain the same God, the same lover, the same provider. The same good God that he's always been yesterday, today, and forevermore. Even though everything is ever changing, our God is not changing. We are built on the rock. And when the waves come and when the winds blow, we have the hope that nobody else has. Our anchor is held on the rock of Jesus Christ. So whom shall I fear? If the Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And that's the truth, church. So what do we do while everybody else is running, running on social media? I see some of y'all's posts. Y'all just running with your fingers. Breathe. Lay down in green pastures. Enjoy your babies. Enjoy the time that you have. Breathe, Mission Church. He restores our souls. And he's doing it for the glory of his name. And yeah, though some of us, we may be in valleys and others, we may be on mountaintops. We don't have to be afraid. He's with us. His rod and his staff, he comforts us. And he'll take care of us through all things. How do I know that uh, we have a good shepherd? You know, it's my last story that I'm going to let y'all go. I was raised in the church, which is a blessing and a curse. The reason why it's a blessing is because you're in church. The reason why it's a curse is because you're in church. And man, in like the, the 90s, I was born in 91. And in the 90s, they had like these really weird plays that they would make us be a part of in the church. I don't know if y'all remember the play, Candy Cane Lane. Candy Cane Lane. Ugh. You know, that it was basically a Christmas production that was written, and, when it, and it went viral through the churches of Jesus Christ in the United States of America. And, and, and I was a conductor whose name was TJ. TJ rapped. And my lines were, I could hear it coming down the track. Doo-doo, clickety-clack. Clickety-clack with the Heavenly Express. It's the glory God Express, right? It was just this weird thing that I had to do, right? <laughs> and I was eight years old, and I was, I was TJ in Candy Cane Lane. And my little brother, he, he had a speaking part. And my little brother, man, he was so cute. He's still, he's way better looking than me. He's still very, very cute. He's taller than me. He's more light-skinned. He's a pretty boy. He looks great. And, uh, and I remember Nathan being five or six years old. He just had this crazy lisp. Like, just, like he just had a lisp. And I remember that he, he, quoted, he quoted John 10, 11. That was like his verse in Candy Cane Lane. And he was like, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. And I, I would just completely make fun of him. I was a terrible older brother. But that was the first time I heard, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus would echo the words of David as he was echoing the words of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would say, I'm the good shepherd. In other words, I lay down my life for these sheep because I'm good. And we have a good shepherd. And and when we feel like he's not good, we go back to the cross and we remember what he did for us. We remember that the good shepherd, when we wandered, when we did wrong, when we disobeyed, when we sinned, when we had rebellion against God, that the good shepherd laid down his life for us and took, excuse me, and took something from us that he didn't deserve 
and gave us something that we didn't deserve. And right now, if you believe in Jesus, I want y'all to look dead at me right now. Right now, if you believe in Jesus, you are seen as Jesus. You are the righteousness of Almighty God. And one day when this life, which is ever fleeting, is gone, you will stand before him and you will enter into eternity with him, not because of anything that you've done, but because of everything that he's done for you. Well, why wait till eternity to be led by the shepherd? Today, right now, you can be led by the good shepherd. We're all being led by something. We're all being discipled by something. But right now on this day, you can be led by the good shepherd. And you know what he'll do? Like David says, uh, he'll be your shepherd and you'll realize that you have everything that you need. He'll make you lay down in green pastures. He'll lead you beside the still waters. He'll restore your soul. He'll lead you down the paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. And even though there may be moments where you walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, you'll realize that you don't have to fear any evil because he's with you. His rod and his staff, they'll comfort you. And what he'll do is he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And he'll anoint your head with oil and your cup will run over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Father God, right now, I just thank you for Mission Church. How wonderful they are, how, how beautiful they are. <laughs> I love them. They're my family. And God, I pray that our pace would be that of walking. When people around us are running so fast, trying to rush through the valley of COVID-19, trying to rush through the valley of this pandemic, just trying to rush. Just remind us that you're sovereign and that you're in control and that though our world has been caught by surprise, you're not caught by surprise. And so Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you just right now remind us in this valley that you're with us? And even Mission Church, right now, wherever you are, I just encourage you, why don't you just open up your hands? I just feel this right now. Why don't you just open up your hands and just take a moment. Take a moment to be reminded that he's with you. Thank you, Spirit of God. I just sense him right now. Just take a moment to do nothing and allow him to do everything. Find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. He's with you. I just sense that people right now who have been standing up in their own strength are just laying down in their souls. That your mind, your will for living, your emotions, that everything in you that makes you who you are outside of you right now, it's just coming into peace. That the burden of the Lord that is light and the yoke of the Lord, which is easy, is just falling upon you right now. Rest over your saints, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Just another moment in his presence. I just sense him right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so kind. And Lord, as we go about our week, remind us when we're running to slow down and to remember that where we are is beautiful because you're there. We love you and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Mission Church, I love you. I adore you. My wife sends her love as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this crazy message. I pray that something in there spoke to you and that you leave here blessed, knowing that you're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that you're more than a conqueror. And if God be for you, who can be against you? God bless you, Mission Church. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.